got to finish the... you got to do the drum solo. No. (laughs) That was Seth Rollins' intro via my fingers. And I think it was pretty damn good. He begged me to do that. That's bullshit. <laughs> All <sighs> right, what's up, guys? We're finally back after a two week two week hiatus. It's been a it's been a while. Survivor series. Survivor series, but, but happy Thanksgiving belated. Shoot, we're already on a Christmas on right. And uh, but yeah, we were doing some family time. Had a sick little baby, so it's been a minute. I apologize. It's probably my fault. So we have a lot of wrestling to talk about. For sure. We haven't talked about AEW in a while. Yeah. So I think we're going to start with that. Cool. And we're going to jump right on in, man. Get it, man. All right. So two weeks ago, Dynamite was in Chicago. This was their the night before Thanksgiving. Um, we're just going to briefly talk about things. Basically, Dynamite kicked off with the band, and it was Jericho's celebration. He announced that they made a little bit of the bubbly champagne. Yeah. I ordered some. Did you really? <laughs> Hell yes. I got uh two bottles for forty six dollars. You can't beat it. I'm giving you one. That's awesome. I I'm can't gonna wait till it comes Somebody out. send me Jericho's address so I get it signed. <laughs> yeah, so we'll let y'all know after we try it how it is. A little bit of the bubbly. But I really like this segment. I thought it was really funny. The members of Inner Circle were out there giving gifts. Santana and Ortiz, uh, they gave him a big present. And it was Jericho's father wearing a New York Rangers jersey. Yeah, he, he was a former Chicago. player. Former, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he was like, it's great to be back in New York City. I loved it. Now, um, I will say, the mic was off. He was really quiet. I remember that specifically. One thing, and this is the second week in a row we've talked about oh, mic quality. Yeah. So this is something they have to improve on. And a lot of people, like if you listen to Dave Meltzer, he really went on an AEW rant this week. And I mean, you like Meltzer? I don't. I don't love Meltzer. Um, but I do respect the fact that he has a lot of ears that listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's right on this. Look. WWE has been flawless with production for a long time. In fact, if I remember correctly, one of the things that popped off way back in the gap when I was watching the original Raws was just how much better the show looked than every other TV show. Football, baseball, TV programmings, made-for-TV movies, whatever. WWE's quality has always been top-notch. So you can't put stuff on like this and have the audio be in and out. That being said... I have a question for you. What? Is Jericho your favorite part of AEW right now? He is definitely one. He's up there. Is that good that a heel is... Uh, I mean, Adam Page is my favorite. Let's get real. But that's a whole other subject. Yeah. I I love watching Jericho. Yeah. And this was just classic Jericho. How is that a bad thing? I just don't know if the heel, your top heel, should be your most popular guy. It's It's almost like in basketball, like your point guard can't be your best player. I also think Moxley is like he's getting yeah they're they're pushing him hard for it now, which yeah. is uh, a good idea. But I view him as a baby face. If you if yeah. you had to like, would, choose, yeah. but anywho, yeah, this Jericho segment was really funny. The only really thing I good. didn't like were the dumbass blow up mascots. I thought that was kind of like why. I don't know this, but was was that was this filmed before the SmackDown with the dog? Uh, or after? I think after. My when, And I can't remember. Right now with me thinking about it, I feel like that was them making fun of the dog. 
with the mascots. I mean, you never know. Yeah. Um, so, also two weeks ago, we saw Moxley telling anyone to step up and try him. Oh. Right. Basically, what Moxley's doing right now is yeah. challenging anybody and everybody. And if he doesn't get a challenge, he's looking for a fight. And I like what they're doing with him. And he's very convincing as a badass motherfucker. I also like his new theme on AEW. Yeah, the way he comes out and everything is rocking. See, at first we were taught we were trashing AEW's themes and stuff, but I feel like they've gotten better. I do too. Okay, we also saw Cody fight Matt Nix. Is that a known person or is that? I didn't know who he was. Okay. See, Jared knows a lot of the indie people, so yeah. This one, this one was one that I didn't catch up on, and I think. A lot of the times, the um, the indie guys they're using are due to the location of where they are mm-hmm. at the moment. And I would say for me, as far as keeping up with indies, the Northeast is probably my weakest area of knowing that crowd. Yeah. Um, so anyways, Cody got on the mic and called out MJF, but then we see the Blade show up and come out from the ring and then attack Cody, and then the Butcher and the Bunny show up as well. So, Jared, I also wanted to ask you, have you heard of these guys? Yeah, so I don't know much about um, the Butcher. Apparently, he's a bass player from a uh, pretty well-known metal band. The old guy? Yeah, the, the older-looking one. Now... I don't think they got a good shot of him. Whenever I did do some research and watch some old videos of him, he's a lot bigger and badder looking than he was that opening scene. And then um, the bunny is Allie from TNA. You may have, if you go back and watch, they had a pretty popular um, wedding Mm -hmm. uh, angle that they shot on TNA. She was in it with her, I believe, uh, shoot husband, Pepper Potts, not Pepper Potts, that's a damn person from uh, Marvel. <laughs> Pepper Parks, who is um, the bu- the Blade, excuse me. So, yeah, um, nobody that's really done anything. I don't think that there's going to be anybody here that gets a serious push. Yeah. But a cool tag team. We'll see how it works out. If they go out and have a bad match, that I, might be a wrap. I know. We'll see, though. I love that they're introducing new tag teams already, even though... I mean, yeah, but it's kind of becoming a lot to keep up with. And we'll get there soon, but we see that this tag team did not come here for the tag team division. Right. This tag team came specifically because they have some business to take care of with Cody. So shall we talk about the Dynamite Diamond Ring? Is that something you like? It just kind of is so random to me. I think it's just a way for MJF to add to his character because he did win against Adam Page. Um, MJF hit a crossroads on him for the win. It was an ugly crossroads. And then DDP came out to present MJF the ring. And DDP, how great does he look? Yoga man. It. I mean, it's crazy how great. He's like 68 or 63. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um... For people that don't know, and I think probably most people that do, um, Diamond Dallas Page is like one of the top dudes in the business. He's helped rehab Scott Hall, Jake the Snake Roberts. He's helped plenty of people with his yoga programs and his DVDs. And I'm sure he makes profit off of that, but I truly believe he's one of these people that doesn't do it for that 
Um, yeah. I think I'll be more excited about this Diamond Showdown or whatever they're calling it next year. Now that I kind of know what the hell it is and what's going on. You, Anytime you give me a Battle Royal, I'm about that life. Oh, that Battle Royal was really good. I enjoyed it. A couple of weeks ago. Okay, also, I want to talk about how have you been enjoying the Dark Order vignettes? We've seen three so far. I think the vignettes that AEW does are probably the highlight of the show every week. You think? I do. I really like these. I also like that... Um, their use of social media on this. I don't know if you've seen this or heard anybody, but if somebody tweets at the video that AEW posts, uh, some of the members of the Dark Order are sending messages back saying, thank you for joining the Dark Order. We will give you your message or your, your job will be sent to you soon or something. So That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Pretty neat. That's really cool. Um, Yeah, I like them too. At first, it, like the first one they showed, I was like, oh, okay, they're kind of ripping off Firefly Funhouse. Like the way they kind of try to brainwash you to join. Yeah. But I mean, seeing more of them, I really like how they're telling, they're going deeper and deeper each week. And it's. Yeah, they're doing this cool thing where they're trying to promote you to join their cult, cult. almost. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's important for them, instead of just keeping, to keep doing these videos, explain to me why I need to join your cult. Right. Like, explain to me what it is we're doing. Why Why do you need me? We'll see where it goes, though. It's been good so far. Okay, and then two weeks ago, we also saw Jericho fight Scorpio Sky. And then uh, at the end, Moxley came out and just looked at Jericho from the crowd. And I just wanted to touch on that briefly because we're about to talk about this past week, what happened. So... Yeah, good match. Uh, clean ending with Jericho going over. Um Tapping it, uh, tapping Scorpio out to the tamer, lion tamer, uh-huh. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, just an introduction of who the hell Scorpio Sky is. I think he's going to be a big time player. Oh, yeah. He's definitely the elite from, no pun intended, of SCU. Just wait till we talk about Christopher Daniels. Not a Ashley's got some things to say. I have some things to say about this past week. 12 4 19. Well, good. The show, what? This is a podcast, so that's good. Yeah, that's good, huh? (laughs) The show kicks off with Dustin Rhodes tagging with the Young Bucks, and they took on Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz, who are now ranked number one contenders for the tag title. And folks, you can get those rankings at (laughs) awrankings.com. So I just want to give a quick shout out to Dustin Rhodes. How good did he look in the ring? Still got it. He's, He's the natural. Dude, he looks better than what he did in WWE. Yeah, man, what a career. Who else can say that they've been wrestling for 25 years and for the majority have just found themselves in the past three, four years? He the has way he has the best power slams in the business. Yeah, he man. really does. I mean, it really started with the the Shield with with Cody and Goldust and Dusty taking mm-hmm. on well, not taking on the Shield, but the tag team match. With once that hit, something switched on him, and he's been grinding. He got in shape. Yeah, he looks like, great. And yeah. the ge- and he's he's big too. He's like legit Tall. shoot big. Yeah. So like when you see this guy, and especially with AEW's guys kind of being smaller in stature, mm-hmm. it's believable. And those pants were soon. <laughs> oh yeah, he matched the yeah. Bucks. So the Young Bucks and Dustin Rhodes ended up winning. 
after Sammy Guevara, he like took out the phone and missed the shooting star press. So I felt like that was a good fair way to end the match. Sammy trying to vlog while he hit a well, shooting star press was pretty pretty yeah. awesome. All right, let's talk about Cody getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Cody basically talked about the people now who are closest to him are nowhere to be found. He started talking about NJF being phony and that he is nothing but a Bush League NWO version of Chris Jericho. The crowd was loving his promo and people were talking about Cody all over social media, talking about how great his promo was and how he really can get you from an emotional aspect. He really does connect with the audience and he can be extremely relatable and he just pulls you in and makes you just want to pay pay attention to everything he says. Basically, he asked MJF what it's going to take for him to wrestle him. He offered his truck, his watch, his Louboutins, and then he had a briefcase filled with over 50 grand, and he even gave a little kid a $100 bill, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So I thought this was, you know, a great way to enhance the feud a little bit, and I guess we'll see what MJF has to say next week. You know what I think about it. What? Let us know. It's only smoke and mirrors. Why do you say that? I'm team MJF on this whole thing. Because I, I agree. Cody is a phony. What? Cody's a phony and he's only looking out for himself. And MJF no. is absolutely right. Oh, God. You're the hill, I guess. I'm just saying, your first pay-per-view at your company and you get the title match against Jericho. I mean, who else was going to get that? MJF. No. <laughs> I really like that. I think <clears throat> this is what I like about e- AEW the most is that they actually put more care into their big matches all the while they don't lose the quality of the matches that are just on TV. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Like every match you see, people are giving their best. Yeah. Okay, one question though. What is the end game? Like, they haven't really announced another pay per view. So, yeah, I think um, one of the things I want to do soon when we're not um, just covering every all the mat or, or all the shows for the week is just go over like what AEW is at the moment and what they should do in the future because. I don't know what the end game for this specifically is, but what I was kind of thinking was it kind of just seems like all these feuds are muddled up together because there's so many things going on. Like you got the MJF thing with Cody and now it's like, all right, well now MJF's got a little bit of beef with DDP. Cody's still mad at the inner circle. I would assume the bucks are Cody's boy. So are they mad at MJF too? And then you have the butcher, and the bunny right. thing with Cody, and it's kind of like... So, it's kind of time to fill, instead of have all these great... Because ma- they do... But man, there's just one match after another with AEW, yeah. and then there's like a vignette or a promo, but it's almost time to say, hey, we need to cut one of these matches or cut 10 minutes out of some of these matches and start like really diving into what the specifics of these rivalries are. Right. All right, one thing I want to talk about that I hated from this past week. All right, we saw Nyla Rose pretty much squash her opponent, and I don't have a lot to say about her. (coughs) Not a fan. 
But they did pan to Britt Baker in the audience, and they had her do the same face with the hands covering her mouth like she did at War Games when Adam Cole got sent through the table. And now there is a Britt Baker challenge on Twitter, apparently. Wait, what is that? It's like, even Adam Cole tweeted a picture. It's hashtag Britt Baker challenge where you just like put your hands over your mouth and look shocked. Okay, I was like, when I saw this, I was just thinking, why even go there? Why are you trying to be funny? Because to me, it just like came off as cringe. Why is a member of your roster sitting in the audience basically just mocking herself? I hated it. I wasn't a fan. And I get that they're just taking a jab. It's stupid, though. It is stupid. It and stupid one of the jab. one of the reasons that it's really dumb to me was I thought kudos to WWE for, for doing that. Yeah. Not only because it's like, oh, that's the other companies. Yeah. But that was a brutal ass match, mm-hmm. a brutal ass finisher at War Games, and it just showed the realness and concern of that man's wife. And yeah. it happens that she works for another company, whatever. I I thought it was smart, and I didn't go, ooh, when they showed her. I, I shook my head because I was like, man, you know after that match at War Games, because le- like legit, after the weekend Adam Cole had, Survivor Series weekend, he took some weeks off his life. Mm-hmm. That dude's going to be walking around limping a little early because of the weekend he had. I know. Hated it, hated it, hated it. Yeah, probably the worst thing that they've done. Probably, yeah. Legit to me. Okay, Jericho comes out to the ring with Jake Hager. He says he has to have one more match in 2019, and he has to pick his opponent. So he busts out a list, and the crowd pops. And he's like, no, it's not that kind of list. It's... The lexicon of the champion. The lexicon of the champion. So it's basically a list of people he refuses to wrestle. So this is why I love Jericho. It's just so freaking funny. And he it's plays that. It's so game. easy for him to do this, too. It's just, here's a mic. Do your thing, dude. And he's such a natural. Yep. He names off Moxley multiple times, basically. So this out- is very this is much like the uh, the Dean Malenko promo in WCW. The arm bar, arm yeah. drag, yeah. I know. I liked how it was done. Out comes Jurassic Express, and we actually hear Luchasaurus speak, and he tells Jericho that Marco Stunt may be little for his age, but he is more man than Jericho will ever be. Jericho tells Jack Perry, a.k.a. Jungle Boy, that he thinks he's a piece of shit. (laughs) Before that, I do want to note that after Jungle Boy said that, or after Luchasaurus said that, uh, Jericho said, Marco's not small for a boy at any age. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the crowd was chanting loudly for Jungle Boy. Um, Jericho says he couldn't last 10 minutes with him. And then Jungle Boy took the mic and says he's going to kick his ass. And they all start brawling. So, on December 18th, we're going to see Jungle Boy versus Jericho. How do you like that they're giving Jungle Boy this spot with Jericho? Uh, is Jun- I don't think it's going to mean anything. Kind of like Scorpio Sky. It's a one-off. I just don't know that Jungle Boy is the star out of this group. Who is Luchasaurus? It's Luchasaurus. Easily. Easily, no, easily, <laughs> and I get what they're doing. I like Jungle Boy. I like I, the fact that his he's got Hollywood in his blood, like all this stuff. I get what they're doing, mm-hmm. but 
I thought um, I think that Luchasaurus is the number one guy in the group. I don't understand why they're not pushing him more. Maybe they're not doing it because they know that this is just a loss for this person that we're just trying to put some TV time on, and they know you know whoever is in this match with Jericho is getting an L, and they don't want it to be Luchasaurus. But here we are again. This was a moment where Jungle Boy. This was his moment. Mm-hmm. This was it. And the mic quality again. I after know. Jericho says, I think you're a piece of shit and kills it, he gets the mic and you can barely hear me. He's, Well, I think I can kick your ass. And I can definitely last 10 minutes. And it's just like, Nah, man, that wasn't it. Like, I needed you to get it right there. Yeah, you're right. Let's talk about the Nightmare Collective, which is what Brandy Rhodes is calling herself with Kong. So this past week, Chris Statlander, who is a very bad bitch, by the way. She's very big, but she can move really well. And they offered her a contract. Um, uh, this is a this is a big thing because Chris Strat was being looked at with NXT. Like I oh, think, yeah, yeah like I they had that. her, and she kind of jumped ship. I forgot all about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, anyways, after the match, she defeated Hikari Shida, who was the number one contender, or she is the number one contender for the Women's Championship. But after the match, Brandi Rhodes comes out, gets on the mic, and wants Statlander to pledge to the Nightmare Collective. Then we hear a fan begging to pledge herself, and she gets on her knees, and Kong cuts off her hair, and that was all for that. A little early for that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't mind, again, like this cult thing. I don't mind it. But for a fan to just jump out and be like, oh, I want in. Like, why do you want in? You don't even understand what this is. Good point. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Christopher Daniels versus Pentagon Jr. I mean, I feel like we need to, like, really talk about this match. Christopher Daniels looked very poor. He just, he botched a couple moves. It looked very, very bad. Pentagon Jr. won. But you did show me an interview they did on TNT drama. Yeah. So, first of all, I think Excalibur is at his best when he's calling matches where a botch happens. Because he's so good at just turning it into storyline. And then, yeah, they made a video where Christopher Daniels is back with the doctor. Uh, the doctor says, look, Chris, I think you're going to be all right. But like I told you earlier, you came back too soon. He goes, all right, I appreciate it. Uh, they come in and cut an interview. He, The interviewer asked if Daniels is okay, and Daniels says, that's all you've got? With all your integrity of a journalist, you're going to ask me if I'm okay? Of course I'm not okay. He goes, after all the things I've done, with all my knowledge and all my experience, I went out there and I fucked up, and it shows the botch, and he says, I've got to get in the right mentality to beat Pentagon, and I've got to do it quick. I thought, and I don't know if that's a botch. I think it was a botch. I'm Pretty it sure. was a botch. I'm pretty sure you're right. 99% sure. But the fact that they're working me, making me think about it, is really, really smart. No, they had to save face with that interview. Okay. They knew it. Okay. All right, for the main event, we have the bad boy, Joey Janela. The bad boy. And he's trademarking, or trying to trademark that. Versus John Moxley. And I did not realize how much of a gut Joey Janela had, but... He's actually lost weight, too. Nevertheless. <laughs> what is the backstory on him? Where is he from? I think he the legit backstory? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was a PWG guy. He was always in the uh, the Battle of the Bolas. So, like, a West Coast pop 
kind of wrestler. Oh, I can tell he's from the yeah. West Coast. I did like his promo that he did earlier in the night and the tone he used. Um, so he almost got a pin on Moxley. He put Moxley through a table outside the ring, which I did not like the camera angle that they used. Did you see where Moxley was already on the table? Yeah. And then like all of a sudden you see Joe and Janela. Um, I didn't like the angle on that, but so Moxley ends up hitting a paradigm shift for the win, and then afterwards Jericho comes out from the crowd, basically mocking what Moxley did to him last week. Really cool move from this match was when uh, Moxley was on the top rope with Janela and hits the uh, DDT on the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Like they fall from it, and he hits it on the turnbuckle. But yeah, um, this one was. It wasn't as good to me as the Darby. I agree. Yeah. So, this week, AEW beat NXT, but by literally a couple thousand. And last week, NXT beat... Oh, I didn't didn't see that. So, this week, AEW won? It was by literally 7,000 viewers. Cool, cool. Uh, You know what, though? (sighs) I get kind of mad about this AEW versus WWE thing that's going on on Twitter. Because I'm I'm confused as to why. Like, if you watched, let's use football for example. If you watched NCAA but you didn't watch the pros, <laughs> would you give a shit what happened in the pros? Would you want them to fail? Okay, but these are both two pro wrestling. I guess I guess because they do this Wednesday night war and and the fans always set it up as this war against WWE. They make it like that, but. Man, it's two different promotions. Yeah, totally. But if you're a wrestling fan, what are you to bitch about? I agree. I just I don't understand. Some it. people like they feel like they they have to have loyalty to one over the other. Oh, I don't well, feel that. Well, check it out, people that do that. You're working yourself because if you think Tony Khan or Vince McMahon gives a hot shit, <laughs> you're fooling yourself. Right. I mean, I just enjoy watching pro wrestling. Right. Like you get four shows to pick from. Unfortunately, the best two shows are on Wednesday nights. But, all right, that's my take. Yeah. You want to talk to me NXT? Yeah, let's do it. Do it. Uh, I did not catch this past week's NXT, so you're going to have to kind of... All right. Well, you go ahead and go over uh, 1127, and I'll hit the rest. All right. So, we saw... We haven't talked about the Maro situation, how much of a dick Corey Graves... Yeah, the last time we were talking was on Survivor Series, where we made note that Maro didn't make any calls, yeah. but we didn't know what was going down. Uh, Corey Graves just never ceases to make himself look like more and more of a fucking dick, yep. does he? Corey Graves is constantly going to work for himself. I can't stand him. He wants to be cool, man. Please. So, a couple post-Survivor Series, NXT, they started off the show, the whole roster was, ce- not the whole roster, we'll get into that. They were celebrating their Survivor Series win, and the Undisputed Era came out to interrupt, and they said they were the only reason NXT was successful at Survivor Series, which is, I mean, whatever. I didn't like how Adam Cole said they dominated war games either because they lost. So, Champa says, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, am I missing something? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Champa says war games was the beginning of the end of the undisputed era. Okay, and when Champa says Goldie, is he ref- is that what he calls the title? Yeah. Okay. Old Goldie. That's cool. 
I also read where Ciampa does not want to leave NXT, so I don't think we'll ever see Ciampa in WWE. Which was interesting because we saw him there at the Lafayette show when he debuted, and it just didn't work out. Oh yeah, yes, hey, I read I that too. All about that. Good, because most people. That was the worst show ever. Oh boy, um, Lafayette. That's where we're from. <laughs> what are you What are you doing? The one show we don't go to. Yeah. And everything goes to shit. We also two weeks ago saw Ciampa versus Finn Balor, and I didn't know they never fought before but apparently this was their first meeting in the ring according to commentary uh this was a pretty brilliant match with spots outside the ring at the end adam cole ends up coming out and while champa is leaning over the ropes adam cole kicks him which leads to finn balor picking up the win after the match adam cole and finn do their hand gestures over champa's body but then out of nowhere finn kicks adam cole in the head to show that he stands alone and then they go off the air so now we're gonna get into more of what happened this past week just because it's more relevant to uh to start off this week's show morrow is back yeah and um there was some pictures posted online where he's with Beth when he walks out with a big hug and made my heart happy. I love Morrow. I think Morrow is one of the top commentators. I, I get that he's got to be your cup of tea, but he is that flavor to me. Because mm-hmm. I've been listening to Morrow for a really long time. He's been announcing pride fights and Bellator fights and all kind of prize fights. And I've known him for forever. I love him. I think mentally he's got serious problems that some people might not even can even fathom. Right. And I think that he's not afraid to talk about it. And then when people and things like this happen, it sucks. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're picking on a person who's straight up telling you I'm easy to be picked on. Yeah. So I know I don't like people who are like, well, toughen up or you don't need to be in this you don't need to be in this career right but it's like you don't know what the dude's going through you have no idea what yeah and just because you think you're a badass and that you can get through anything in life and that nothing can stop you does not give you a reason or a card that means you can go just talk shit be whatever you want kayfabe or not wrestling or not working or not and Corey Graves trying to be too cool for school. Like, dude, you're top not You're under Michael Cole, bro. Yeah. You're under Michael Cole. Stop with this shit. The 14 fucking people that listen to your podcast and praise you are not right. Everybody else is. Anyway, Morrow returns. Thank God he is introducing the show. Killian Dane comes out. Um, It basically sets up match number one which was Killian Dane versus Pete Dunn. Pete won, uh, or Dane defeated Dunn by pinfall. So interesting there. Um, after that, we get Keith Lee coming out, basically promising to take all the gold from the Undisputed Air. Looks like they're building him up to interesting. be. Interesting. Yeah. I he's think, a crowd favorite. Well, and he's a Vince favorite, too. I he think is? Vince, well... You got to assume, right? Like after watching Survivor Series and seeing him be the lone survivor for Team NXT and yeah. putting Rollins out. That's very true. Uh, after that, you get Shayna Baszler versus Zia Lee. Lee got a little bit of offense in there, but for the most part, kind of just a squash match with Baszler winning by submission. Uh, the Forgotten Sons versus. So some- wait, can we talk about Baszler? Her new feud will be Rhea Ripley. Obviously, Rhea Ripley better take the title off of her, or else. I mean, I feel like it's pretty much a given that yeah, Rhea Ripley is going to go it, over. It seems like Baszler. <laughs> 
Do you want to have a... Uh, are we going to have a Royal Rumble preview to where we're kind of discussing what we think is going to happen? Or do you want me to go ahead and tell you? <laughs> really? Yeah. What do you mean? Are you going to go tell me? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to spoil the Royal Rumble for you. Oh, you right have, now. How? I have knowledge from a dude who sells popcorn at one of the uh, <laughs> vendors. No, you don't. Shayna Baszler it better not fucking go over. Is winning the Royal Rumble no. for the women. Jerry, it's happening. Did you read that somewhere? No, I'm making a guess. Okay, don't freak me out. No, I mean it's going to happen. Oh. You know it's gonna happen. You I feel like Ronda. I think Ronda's coming back and will win. The that would be dope as fuck. If sh- dude, can you imagine? It's we're at number twenty nine, and Baszler and Charlotte are in the match. That's Shut the, the fuck only up about two. Charlotte, dude. I'm just saying, Shayna and Charlotte are the only two left Our in, Charlotte. and then ba- and then uh, Ronda's music hits, and that's the last three. Now that that'd be dope as fuck. Be dope. Yeah. So. uh but anyway, I think that this is Baszler's leaving match. This is Baszler's... Last match, pretty much. Yeah, as, as Tommaso Ciampa would call it, a lateral move to NX, or to uh, SmackDown. You know what? Baszler is overrated to me, and bitch don't need a mic in her hand. No, she I sounds agree. like a 12-year-old boy. I agree. I think she's got a, a, a decent look to her. She's got some size to her. No, she's you legit. said she's the hottest bitch in the trailer park. <laughs> well... I mean, yeah. Anywho. Should I not put that on there? <laughs> nah, I'm cool with it, because it's true. She looks like she just came straight out of a damn uh, Black Friday sale at Hot Topic. <laughs> and she's got, like, these 14 patches on my jeans were only 50 cents a piece. I'm, I think she can work, though. Everything she's done has worked for me. Yeah, she can work. It's just she's, she has not. She should have not held the title as long as she's held it. Yeah. But I do believe that this is going to be her swan song And how over soon. is Rhea Ripley? Yeah. Rhea Ripley is going to be a humongous yeah. star. Yep. She's, I can't uh, wait for that. Pete Dunne's doppelganger. <laughs> so after that the Forgotten Sons fight some dudes from Evolve in an unnecessary squash match I don't, the, let me save you some time WWE the Forgotten Sons ain't gonna work I don't even done already forgot about them right <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but they I can't even remember who the Evolve guys were but I did remember that they I had seen them on Evolve before uh, so then we get some Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, Backlash, and then some sh- uh, Baszler Ripley announced for a title match like you just talked about, which was pretty cool. But where is their title match going to be? They didn't say. It's on, yeah, it's it's like two weeks from now. It's on a it's on okay. USA. Oh, gotcha. I can't remember the day, but it may be the same day as Jericho and uh, Jungle Boy, the 18th or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle. Shout out to Cassius Ono. I always liked Chris Hero, but um, pretty solid match. Anywho, after that, we get the Undisputed Era versus Ciampa Lee and Old Double D's for like the 100th time. I was in just the about pa- to say, yeah. didn't we just see that? <laughs> and um, anyway, the faces go over with this. The one thing I will say was that um, there was a really cool scene where Finn came in and started destroying everybody. 
and I believe Adam Cole was in the corner and he was getting ready to go do like the running drop kick. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they had Finn in the corner zoomed into his face and all of a sudden Keith Lee's huge body is right behind him and he just stands up. It was a really good camera shot. And um and then they went at it and Keith Lee hit a the glory bomb on Finn. Regal comes out and announces that Cole would defend his NXT championship on the December 18th edition of NXT, and he would face the winner of next week's triple threat match between Baylor, Ciampa, and Lee. Ah. So that December 18th show is the one where we're going to have two title matches. Yeah. Apparently, it's a big deal. I wonder why. I don't know. That's a weird week. I guess the week before Christmas. Maybe. Maybe they look at that as like, this is the last week of ratings booms we can get. Yeah, Yeah. true. Anyway, that pretty much goes over So who do you think is going to win the triple threat? That's an interesting question because the next takeover is going to be at the Rumble. Which has to be Ciampa and Adam Cole, right? (sighs) Yeah. I feel like. But I don't know because why'd you bring Finn? You got to get Finn going now. Right, no, so Finn will win the triple threat and face Adam Cole, and then Ciampa down the road will get the title shot at Rumble, maybe. I think whoever, yeah, maybe. It'll be interesting. I, but this is my favorite part of wrestling, when you don't know what's going to happen. By the way, I, mean, I feel like Keith Lee will be in the men's Rumble. Oh, I'm sure. That would be all. Who would get a good Oh, dude, pop. I can just imagine. That pop. Like, Vince probably only sees him during the big four pay-per-views now. So, he'll probably be like, oh, oh. Keith, there's my boy. Oh, how you doing, big man? All right, shall we talk? Okay, before we do that, since you said that, what? Keith Lee's going to get the cane treatment at WWE and eliminate, like, 11 people. Oh, yeah. That's my, yeah. The popcorn guy told me that one, too. What is the, the reference with the popcorn? I have a dude that sell. Oh, you're capping right now. Whatever, dude. I'm so sick of you. All right, let's talk about some raw post post Survivor Series. Let's talk about Rollins and his town hall meeting. So the whole roster is surrounding the ring, and uh, Rollins is basically just shitting all over them, talking about how bad they sucked. Crowd started chanting asshole as the Raw roster leaves, and Kevin Owens then gets on the apron, and the crowd is chanting really loudly for him. Rollins calls KO a lazy piece of crap, and that he will never be Seth Rollins. Kevin doesn't say anything, and gives Rollins a stunner. So, this was the post-Survivor Series Raw, and it started off great, and it got me really excited for the rest of the night. This is my favorite version of Seth Rollins. I know. Condescending prick asshole. Two, a couple different things. Uh, in a promo, Kevin Owens calls Seth Rollins a prick. Yeah. Which is interesting, because that word is exactly why Brad Maddox got fired years ago. Really? Yeah, he went on a live mic at a house show called the crowd a prick, and apparently to Vince, that's a four-letter word. Thought that was interesting. Another thing, Seth Rollins looking at Rey Mysterio and said, man, I've beat Brock Lesnar twice, and you couldn't beat him once, even with help from your stupid son. (laughs) Yeah, your stupid son. Your stupid son. Okay, but even after this, I was not convinced Seth was doing a heel turn. I that's like, that's. I think that was the plan. I yeah. think the plan was like, go out and be kind of a dick 
But don't. But not, not too full. dickish. Right. Don't go full dick. Right. And then, like, I saw on Twitter, people were like, oh, he's finally turning back heel. But to me, I'm like, no, This he's not. is my favorite. The, the right in the middle. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. I, this is my favorite. And you know what? I'm with you, Seth Rollins. I believe in Monday Night Raw. I mean, even after this past week, we still don't really know what's going on. Because... Because the a, uh, AOP? A- yeah, so... Two weeks ago, we had Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, and AOP came out and started beating up Kevin Owens, and I just want to note how commentary was very weak during this. I mean, this is where you should be very excited and, oh my God, what's happening, you know, like, but they were just kind of dead, and commentary can either add to a moment or take away from a moment. This commentary group, I don't have bad things to say about them, but they haven't found themselves yet. They don't have that guy that'll take over the, the moment. They don't have the person that's been there for a long time that knows when to just shut up, Yeah, and they don't have anybody to flow with the king like it's just it's just three people talking at this point hey i do like that king is heel now calling people idiots again <laughs> dude i miss that king i'm for real man tell me more about like you know just titties and yeah like that's what i want king <laughs> just that's all i want so aop and rollins had a stare down and aop left the ring and seth did two curb stomps to kevin owens that was two weeks ago this past week, we see Rollins kick off the show, and... You want me to do my drums again? I mean, we can do it without. Burn it now. So, it was announced all week that he said Rollins would be apologizing, you know, for basically being a dick to the Raw roster. So, Rollins comes out dressed in street clothes. He tells Kevin Owens he wants to apologize to him face-to-face. So, Kevin Owens comes out, and he's suspicious of Seth being with AOP, who attacked him last week, reasonably. Wait, reasonably? Reasonably. He also said that he smells bullshit, and he said bullshit on TV. He did, but was it not cringe to you? No, it wasn't. Uh, It just... It, it felt what? cringy to me. I don't know, ah. just because it didn't feel like it came off real. It came off like he knew he was going to get to say the word shit, and it, I don't know. Yeah, they were kind of teasing it, right. and then he did it. Yeah. It's like, just do it. Right. <laughs> AOP comes out speaking in another language. I really think they're doing this because they know they're not good on the mic. You I do. I think they're just like, hey, speak your foreign, you know, speak your native tongue. Mm-hmm. And just have a grimace on your face and sound mean. So AOP challenges KO and Rollins to a tag match. KO says he's not falling for it and he wants the match to be now. Rollins left the ring and KO called out AOP. <laughs> this yeah. is, yeah, before you get anywhere. So AOP comes out mm-hmm. and then Seth is like, let's fight. Yeah. And then KO's like, well, I know how this is going to turn out, so I want to do it now. And then Seth's like, well, I tried, guys. I tried. I'm out of here. I I don't know. What? I guess they're trying to keep you guessing. Yeah, well, I would have... it was also a way for them to make the audience still not know what Rollins is doing and to promote him to be on backstage the following night because they advertised him for that and they wanted viewers to tune in because they thought they'd get answers and it worked because their viewership went back up 
from Triple H's appearance. So yeah, they were. I feel like they were using that to get Rollins on backstage and to. I just feel like he could have done it better than well, guys. I tried because no, you didn't. Well, yeah, I know. So, anyways, uh, Kevin Owens sends out an open invitation for anyone to come out and fight him, and then we see Lana. Lana comes out. She Is that who was that that was? I, I saw titties. Yeah, her body looked pretty great. All I saw was cleavage, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, she started speaking, but she doesn't say much. Don't. And, and that's that's where we're dude, at. Dude, the Russian Lana was pretty great on the mic. The American Lana, not so much. This bitch changes gimmicks more than Kofi Kingston. She, I think she just tries way too hard. I don't she, even- she wants that like shock factor. And I just... am. She, uh, she stinks, man. When she cut the promo the other day, talking about how uh, Rusev couldn't get ninety miles or whatever. She fucked that up. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, oh, I'm just so flustered because of, of Bobby Lashley. So... Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, Lashley came out to fight KO. They wrestled for a bit. But AOP came out and attacked Kevin Owens and dragged him to the back. I did not watch this because as soon as it started, I said, AOP's going to attack Kevin Owens. But, okay, and they dragged him to the back, right? And then we see Kevin Owens, I think it was the next day, tweeting. And I'm like, why do this? They are very bad about that. Very. And Kevin Owens is starting to be a little too active on social media. I don't know if you follow him, but I do not. I'm like, dude, like you're in a great spot right now. Stop being cringe on Twitter. So it seems sometimes it seems like nothing's ever good enough for him. Yeah, totally. If you watch his 365 episode, you could tell really? he's like never happy with yeah. himself. But yeah, anyways, so that's where that went. And then Rusev came in and attacked Lashley. And then Lashley and Lana end up getting arrested. Because Man, I didn't think about it. But now that we're reading it, what a shit show this was. This was a shit show. So, Rollins comes out and says, I want to help you. I want to tag. And then as soon as Kevin's like, okay, but let's do it now. He's like, well, nope. Now I'm not (laughs) doing it. And then five minutes later, two people get arrested because this is Nashville. Yeah. Isn't that what the cops said? This is Nashville. And we do (laughs) things a little bit differently around here. (laughs) What? It was a mess. There was police brutality. There was... (laughs) <laughs> incorrect arrests there were uh things that should have been charged that were dropped yeah i hope oh, you i hope you're happy racing. but you know what they're uh hyping up for this coming raw hopefully uh a lawyer suing <laughs> no the, the divorce of oh, of Rusa Villana. That's a thing. Like i know they have weddings on raw but i didn't know they had live divorces so it's a way for Rusev's lawyer to get back on TV, which, like, does anybody care? Comment below if you care. Do whatever you need to do to end this shit right. as soon as possible. This is the worst thing on TV. And you know what? I give them credit for trying, and we'll get into it soon, but this is the difference between the level of a guy like The Miz and mm-hmm. then a level of Rusev and, and Lana, and because it's like, hey, here's this crazy storyline like they did on SmackDown, like... It's it's a little different from the norm, and it's pretty wild. So here's basically the script, and the Miz killed it. Mm-hmm. I truly believed that his wife and two children were being attacked by 
a, f- a monster that lives under a ring <laughs> and lives in a funhouse. And it's the exact opposite with this. This yeah. happens, this outlandish story, and it's just like, this is papoo, bro. It's a clown. I don't even want y'all to fight. Like, I want y'all to deal with this in a room somewhere, and I don't have to worry about it. Right. Moving on. Drew McIntyre beat Tazawa and then called out Randy Orton, which was weird, because the previous week, we saw AJ have issues with Orton for costing him the U.S. title. By the way, Ray is now the U.S. United States champion. <laughs> and basically they're treating the United States title like the big title since Brock is off TV for now. They always do this. It's, and the only time it's ever worked was with Cena's Cena. Invitational. Yeah. Right. Um, basically Drew was mad at Orton for poking him in the eye. That's real. I, I get it. That's real. I mean, the eyes a tender little spot. So they talk back and forth for way too long, and then AJ comes out finally and says he wants his hands on Orton for costing him the title. Then the OC ends up stomping Orton, and Ricochet comes out to help, but it's three on one. Then Humberto comes out to help, and Ray comes out, and this leads us to. What other than a six-man tag We're going to make this a tag team match, player. Yeah. Yeah, so for those of you keeping up at home, n- what? None of this makes sense. Raw was pretty shitty th- last week. Calling me shocked. We also see a handicap match between Kabuki Warriors. The top stars on Raw I right now. I freaking love them. Top stars. O- like, Asuka and Carrie Sane, they're Killing so... It entertaining to me and then Carrie Zane is just laughing Carrie Zane reminds me of like the monster oh man I'm never the, the grudge you remember <laughs> yeah. that movie yeah. but with like a shitty smirky little attitude yeah yeah I love them but Charlotte was getting way too much offense but what's new I liked this match but it felt a little long yeah it was long shoot it was at least 20 minutes long um and no, Becky, twice. I know, Jet, the dog don't like that either. No, Becky. Yeah. No, Becky, two weeks in a row. No, Becky, two weeks in a row. Becky hadn't defended the title since October 16th at TLC. I don't know. At Hell in a Cell. Pardon me, at Hell in a Cell. Oh, the reason I bring up TLC, you want to you wanna guess when that is? Uh, it's like in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Had no idea. Yeah. Looked it up and was like, oh, that's happening next week. Yeah. So, and apparently all we have right now is some SmackDown matches, which I'll go over after SmackDown, but. After all. No, I mean, when we go over SmackDown, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go over the matches. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know what they're doing with Becky. Nothing, obviously. I think they are trying to lead to Becky and Charlotte teaming up to become the women's tag team champions or at least have a title shot which is stupid because I mean Becky and Charlotte shoot they're they're like what the Rock and Triple H the Rock and Stone Cold in this era they're they have this big ass feud you know all last year they hate each other and now they're just they're coolian I just it's why it's why their big matches like the ones at Mania and stuff kind of seem like they fall flat right because they keep doing this there's never dude like Hogan and Flair were never buddies yeah ever buddies ever so I don't yeah this is just kind of bad long term booking so back to the six man tag match that was the main event the OC won and then Orton RKO'd AJ Styles and that was the end of Raw so 
like I said earlier, we got no answer from Seth Rollins or anything moving forward in that direction. If he's going full on heel, if he's with AOP, I guess it is a good thing because we'll tune in to see what happens. Um, But really, I feel like it was just so that he could appear on backstage and boost their ratings. So, yeah, that was raw for you. I was watching this and the end of it kind of sucked for me. And I was going and I was thinking, like, what would I do if this if if somebody was like, you're hired today and this is what just happened right next week's. And I was like, man, you know, it'd be cool is if the AOP and Bobby Lashley and Lana and Seth were the new dangerous alliance and teamed up with Heyman. Take out Lashley and Lana. But you can't. Right. Because part of the dangerous alliance was that like Medusa was there. And then you had, like, the muscle with Rick Rude. Yeah. And I see it, and I'm like, that's that's Lashley and Lana. That would be a good role for, like, Alexa Bliss to play. But she's on SmackDown. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to SmackDown. So two weeks ago, and I kinda, we kind of need to go over two weeks ago just because it's a big part. Of I'm going to let you kind of do that one because that was the day after Thanksgiving, and I had a sick, sick little kiddo. Yeah. So you didn't watch that? I did not. I caught up with some some stuff on YouTube, but I would not feel like I could critique it because I didn't see enough of it, and I don't want to be that guy. So we saw the Firefly Funhouse with Bray Wyatt showing the audience The Fiend on the title, and it looked really cool. They're actually selling it on WWE Shop for like six grand. Yeah, and I saw that's that. That's not a lie. That's like true story. Because apparently whoever made it is like, this is like a big deal like they make but who's gonna buy that i mean there's there's a mark out there that will buy it They're, they only <laughs> made like 10 right yeah yeah that's why it's so expensive they'll sell half of them <laughs> he said he had so much fun beating brian at survivor series that he wants to do it again daniel bryan came out to the ring and he says he felt changed in the middle of his match with the fiend at survivor series because of the fans so basically, Daniel Bryan is back on being full yes man, babyface again, and he asks the crowd if he should accept Bray Wyatt's challenge, and the crowd chants yes, with Bryan joining them. Are you happy about the yes movement being back? Or Yeah, I think... Um, I think it's too soon. I don't. I think he's ready for... Like, if they wanted to, Bryan could be the dude again in two weeks. Oh, yeah. So like, I don't mind it. But I don't think they're going to utilize it. I don't think this is going to be a huge push for DV. It's not going to be as big as it was the first time. What can be? Wyatt appeared, and he says he forgot he promised everyone a new friend tonight. Then we see the Fiend come up from the ring, and he grabbed Brian and pulled him under the ring. And then he comes back up with chunks of hair, which we're assuming was Brian's hair. So I wasn't. Well, who the hell else? I just thought there was hair down under the ring. There's everything else. Left There's trash cans. And, hair from <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or whoever grabbed Homeboy's foot the other day. Oh, yeah. Ugh. So, okay, we saw that two weeks ago. And then this past week on, what would that be? What's today? Yesterday? No, the 5th. The 5th. The 6th. So, uh, on yeah. December 6th. SmackDown kicked off with The Miz saying his guest on Miz TV was supposed to be Daniel, but no one has seen or heard from him since last week. 
Miz says he will find out what happened to Daniel, and then we see the Firefly Funhouse interrupting Miz, and basically uh, undermining him, which it was kind of funny. Bray Wyatt asks Miz if he would like to play with him at TLC, and I told this to Jared earlier, I don't like how Miz is the one like being all concerned for Brian just because of their history. I don't care if Miz is babyface right now. I don't like it because these two, they're known to have a past. They're known to just hate each other. So why? The Miz, the Miz is a changed no, man. No, though, no. He has children. He has a lovely wife. Daniel has a child. I know, they're changed men. No, Daniel said, get out of my face. Three, two weeks ago. <laughs> well, that was before he said yes in the middle of the ring hundreds of times. I just don't like how it's Miz. Bray holds up a pic of Miz and Maurice and their daughters, and then Miz runs to the back and talks to Maurice on the phone and says he has to do something about this. So, right... He says, lock the doors. <laughs> turn the alarm on. Yeah. I have to do something about this. This is the best Marine yet. Marine. I'm assuming this is the Marine 7. <laughs> gotta find an evil fiend. Well, this was a good way to start off Raw. and Smackdown. Instead of... Oh, yeah. A great way to start SmackDown instead of having Corbin... I agree. I love this. ...come out and Roman. I really enjoyed this. I was talking to you earlier about how we know that the championship run for The Fiend isn't anywhere near done yet. Oh, hell no. So why not, in the middle of it, give us this thing with the Miz where if nothing else we know the Miz can get the story over yeah and yeah definitely he can add more to Bray and Fiend I just don't like that it's him coming to the defense of Daniel that's all that's bothered you backstage Miz finds the pic of his family and then Bray attacks him and starts laughing and we haven't really seen Bray attack anybody he's just been at the firefly funhouse right? right we haven't it's just been the fiend so we're definitely getting miz versus bray and that is how they advertise it not miz versus the fiend miz versus bray uh another interesting thing about it is the last time that we saw bray getting an interaction was when his firefly funhouse got burned down by seth and he was actually confused by why seth was attacking him mm-hmm. please stop why are you doing this seth so, yeah, interesting story love, arc. Yeah, it's very... They put a lot into this story. Bray is killing it, too. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, how he'll come out, though. Or how they'll do that. I would be totally... <sighs> I, would, I would go off the wall with it. Yeah. I would have... I would have him come out to the Firefly Funhouse theme, mm-hmm. and I'd have his little puppets mm-hmm. dancing around the screen and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I would make it really, not goofy, but really almost cynically sarcastic. Yeah. I also don't think that we'll see Daniel Bryan until either at TLC or probably might even be Rumble yeah next time we see him i mean the way they did this made it seem like they were like and maybe i'm wrong but it seemed like they were like let's book you know um brian and and uh bray for um survivor series because Mm -hmm. we kind of need a match we need a championship match for smackdown and then i think the yes thing worked and they were like all right maybe we want to carry this over and they just added this 
to it mm-hmm. to make it last until and the Royal Rumble. It's a clever way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Because then they can have their payoff at Rumble. Exactly. All right. Two weeks ago, we saw a match with Nikki Cross fighting Sonya Deville. And I'm only mentioning this because of one thing, and that is the return of my girl, Alexa Bliss. Blissy, baby. So, why the hell didn't they just wait until Rumble for Alexa to return? Unless they're having some big angle with her, which I'm sure they're not, because she's just back with Nikki Cross again, which... I do like if Alexa's gonna be a babyface, then I like her with Nikki Cross. But I mean, heel Alexa is the best. Yeah, it's interesting because the way Alexa Bliss has carried her character from the get go makes me feel like none of this is real. Even though it's oh, happening week I, to week, she'll attack Nikki eventually. Yeah, I know, and and that's I don't I don't like that for me personally because I don't know. It's like. I'm anticipating something that I know is going to happen, so I can't enjoy what is in front of me. But I also don't feel like it's going to happen for a long time. Yeah, so. and hey, that's that's on me. You know, that's not WWE's yeah. fault, but I can't get past it for some reason. Did you see this past Friday? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Manny Rose, like, ripped mm. off Alexa's eyelashes. Oh, the yeah. Fake, the fake lashes. Yeah. Love me some Mandy Rose. I don't know. I think Dana Brooke used up all the makeup, so Alexa, there was none left for Alexa. Are we going to talk about her and Batista? No, we're not. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going there. <laughs> Big unit. So, also, like, speaking of that, another thing that has really been pissing me off about SmackDown two weeks ago was none other than the return of one of my favorites, Elias. <laughs> How do they have him return? In the back, showing up in a segment with Dana fucking Brooke and Drake fucking Maverick. Okay? And this is another huge person that could have returned at the Royal Rumble. He could have got a pop. He could have, I mean, or he could have done his guitar strings. I mean, it's like, why have him return like this? You know? I don't don't know what... Like, so, so back in the day when WWE would do house shows constantly, mm-hmm. you had people that were there for certain jobs. And like, so like, for example, Adam Rose, remember him? But Elias is better than that. No, I agree. But you remember him? Yeah. And now we got No Way Jose, who are pretty much the same people. So those, they call those people first start matches. So your job is to literally get the crowd hyped. Get them excited, get them happy to be there, get the kids going. And it's not a big match, it's a fun match, because if anybody's late, they're not missing anything. I feel like Elias is set up to be one of these guys. Like, he's the heel version of the first match guy, and it's a terrible mistake. He's so much better than that. He is. And this past Friday, we saw another dumb segment. With Dana Brooke and Drake Maverick. It's so stupid because we all know Drake is married and they even like showed his wife, but he's hitting on Dana Brooke. I mean, do they have no respect for the sanctity of marriage anymore? Apparently see? not, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it always makes me mad whenever I see stuff like this because I remember Vince McMahon like in some kind something talking about how like we don't want to insult the intelligence of our fans. Yeah. They constantly insult the intelligence oh, yeah. of their fans. For sure. 
I guess they assume nobody watches week to week, and they're like, let's put whatever out there. What about this? Last week, we did this, and this contradicts this. Ah, it doesn't matter. I know. Just do it, it doesn't matter yeah. at all. Just like you say, it's like the Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we also see a Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Elimination match to determine who will face the New Day at TLC for the titles. There's Ali and Chad Gable, who I'm not calling him Troy G. But he did get rid of that gimmicky gear that we hated. Well, isn't he, what, is he just wearing the shorts now? <laughs> Instead of the The shirt and the, the shorts. Unitard. Yeah, like I'm slowly getting rid of one piece of article of clothing. So it was them versus Heavy Machinery versus The Revival versus... Oh, could we call their team Ali G? Yeah. Hey. You, you remember Ali G? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Borat and the gang. Versus Lucha House Party. I went into this thinking Heavy Machinery would win because I feel like they deserved it the most. And we all know I can't stand the revival. And Lucha House Party is just, I mean, Lucha House Party. But I was wrong. It came down to revival and Allie and Gable and the revival win. So we're going to have to watch the revival against the New Day again. Top guys. And it's, I don't even think it's a TLC match. I highly doubt it would be. So, my bathroom break. Oh. Yeah. Man. Harsh. You don't want to see Big E gyrate? No, I'm over You don't it. want to see Kofi with some pancakes? No, I'm over it. Oh, man. So, this brings us to the final segment, which was 30 minutes long. Like, this shit started at 8.30. Um... We find out Roman and Corbin will be having a tables, ladders, and chairs match at TLC. So, I mean, that's better than a regular match. Corbin's crazy to me because, like, I hate the character. And I hate... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never liked it. I didn't like it when Wade Barrett had it. I didn't like it when Sheamus had it. I didn't like it when Booker had it. Hey, Booker T made it work. That was the most boring Booker T to me. The King Booker thing. I mean, uh, I liked it. I, the King of the Ring winner becoming the, the king. king has never worked for yeah. me. The only time it worked was with Stone Cold, and he didn't. He was like, "Fuck that King shit." Yeah, I like it. Just it's poo poo to me, but I like his matches. They're always fine to me. Yeah, I mean, so I expect this to be solid. Roman's a great worker. Baron's been good. In it. All of his matches have been good. So. Now, the end of this SmackDown wasn't. <laughs> no, it was dog shit. <laughs> Speaking. Yeah. So we had Dolph Ziggler trying to avenge Robert Rude. Did you say dog Ziggler? Dolph. <laughs> trying to avenge Robert Rude from the previous week by having a match with Roman Reigns. And um, Roman ends up winning. Obviously. After the match... <laughs> Dolph yeah. Ziggler is in his contract stated that he cannot win a match ever. Yeah. After the match, he attacks Corbin with a drive-by, but then Corbin and Roman start fighting outside the ring, and then Corbin and Ziggler handcuff Roman and attack him and pour wet dog food all over him, and it looks disgusting. And there was also a point where someone randomly grabbed Roman's leg from under the ring, and they never went back to that. So I have no I'm, idea. I'm thinking it's Daniel Bryan still down that there. And that's where he has been for the week. <laughs> like, He's it's like, like, somebody help. They even like said it on commentary. Oh, uh, Roman's leg is being grabbed, but then we never find out who it was or what that was about. So, yeah. It, Thanks it, a lot, Corey Graves. 
it you piece of shit. Nasty ass wet dog food. Wet dog food everywhere. Because this this story is going over so well. <laughs> After the mascot, I did like the dog barking to Roman's music. I was fine that with was that. Funny. Didn't like the dog outfit. Now there's dog food. If we don't get a dog collar match, what is this word? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking gross. What you don't? A you're not a fan. Dog collar match between Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. Why else would they be doing all this dog shit? I don't know. Pun intended. I, Bruce Pritchard, man, <laughs> oh, forever getting, uh, forever getting upgraded jobs for no reason. Because this, this didn't do it for me. I, I can't. Like, why would in what story can you tell me that makes sense that Dolph Ziggler, who had nowhere to turn and finally turned to Bobby Roode. And then those two had nowhere to turn and turned to Baron Corbin? What are we doing? Yeah. I don't know. So that brings us to that pay-per-view I told you was a week away. TLC? TLC. So we got Roman Reigns and King Corbin in a tables, ladders, and chairs like you just announced. We've got The New Day uh, versus The Revival in a basic tag team match. And then Bray Wyatt and The Miz in a singles match for the championship. And like you said earlier, it says Bray Wyatt. Not the fiend. Right. So that is a very important note. Very, very. And then I'm sure we didn't discuss Sasha Banks, but I'm sure she'll have a match with Lacey Evans because they had some back and forth. I forget Lacey Evans is around. Sometimes. She's a baby face now. She's banger. She's a marine. She'd be banging. So yeah, we'll see that. A lot of SmackDown matches so far. Nothing for all Raw. SmackDown, no Raw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming we'll get that. I mean, you can. You can essentially kind of predict what they're going to do on Raw. Rollins and K, or will they be in the Rumble? Well, Rollins that's and the KO. that's the wrong pay per view. You're talking TLC. It'll oh. it'll probably yeah. be. We might get. I think we'll get Owens and Rollins versus AOP to give us the mm. end of the like whatever's going to happen happens at that pay per view. Oh, so you don't think we'll get answers Monday? I think the answer we'll get Monday will be that there will be a tag team match, and then we will find out, yeah, that that's not the end of the story. Yeah, you're too good. I think we'll get um, Rusev and Lashley after the divorce. Yeah, of course. So that'll be five matches. Maybe a tag team match for the women, because Becky obviously don't. Has nothing else. Um, I mean, and that would be that six, would be seven it. matches. You throw in a cruiserweight title match like they normally do or something. and Yeah. That'll be a wrap for the show. Yeah, kind of just a... And I mean, there's good stuff in it. But man, can you can you tell that they were like, man, how are we going to get the Rumble from Survivor Series? And they just kind of came up with some stuff. Yeah, pretty I much. mean, granted, the Lashley-Rusev thing has been going on since like June, it feels like. And I know it hasn't really been since June, but I feel like this is going like on it. forever. Yeah. But yeah, and I always watch the pay-per-views. I always enjoy chilling on a Sunday. I know. And I wish they were on Saturdays. Like I like that about AEW a lot. I know. It's way easier to do a podcast. (laughs) It is. And you know, you can stay up till eleven thirty at night and the next day is Sunday, so you don't have to feel like shit all day. We have some questions and we're backed up. I forgot about our questions. Yeah. I need to log on our Twitter more. You do. 
Because you're the worst. <laughs> so, Oscar904 on the Twitter asked, What has been your favorite Raw or SmackDown general manager and why? Oh, for me, I just off the top of my head, I have to go with Eric Bischoff during like it was like 02 when he came in. What are you giving me that face? I always associate associate that with hot lesbian action. Why? Because I just remember they. Do you remember that the hot lesbian action gimmick? Yeah. Where they were like, at the end of the night, we're going to have hot lesbian action. I just felt like it was really entertaining. That, I can't remember, I'll have to get the number next episode, but they they said the words hot lesbian action around <laughs> 25 times in two hours. And that ended with, uh, uh, what was the group, Rosie and Jamal? Two minute warning. The two minute warning coming out and just beating up the lesbians. The, the women. Yeah. yeah. So some guy was probably like, I'm going to watch till the end. Shit, I'm going to see what they're doing here with these hot lesbians. And then was like, what the hell? These Samoans just beat their ass. And then Taboo Tuesday, or I mean Cyber Tuesday. I liked, yeah, I liked all that shit. That was I cool to me. See. But, uh, okay, I'd probably go Vince, right? That's the goat. You got, I mean, without Vince, you don't have Stone Cold. You're a corporate you don't, ass kisser. <laughs> I'd never join that club. I think, I don't know. I think Vince is goat level. And then we got Carlos904 Duval. Carlos, oh, what's yeah. up? He's a big supporter. Yeah, well, he's a Jaguars fan, and I'm okay with that because it seems like every LSU Tiger is going to the Jaguars. So, Duval, indeed. His question is Should Chris Benoit be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Like, be a part of the show? So no, you can't. I mean, you just you unfortunately you can't. You can't go there. And Benoit was so damn good. Yeah, one of the best technical wrestlers. So can you imagine being in a job where you have to perform, but also get yourself over by using the mic? And he had zero mic skills, right? And still became the top dude of the biggest company in the world. Dude, he really did have zero mics. None. He really didn't. He couldn't talk. And that's fine. He's the only guy I know that like could not talk and still made it. He could carry a match. He like, said everything he needed to say with his matches. Yeah. But yeah, you, you, just, you can't, just can't, you can't do there. it. You can't. And it's unfortunate. Well, I mean, he made his bed. <sighs> I'm not going to say anything. Thank you guys for your questions. Um... I'm sure we'll get some more, and we'll be glad to give you guys a shout-out and answer them on the next episode. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, that does it for this week. We will be back. We will probably do a post-TLC show, I'm pretty sure. Definitely do a post-TLC show, and I want to really get into... um, I want to do an episode next... In the next few weeks where we go over, start going over the Royal Rumble and talk about what we think. And um, I'd really like to go over kind of like a where where are they going episode about AEW. Like, I'd really like to talk to you about like, what do they need to do moving forward? With that, it's just, it kind of, it's like scattered. Because, like, you don't see the same people every week. Like That's one of the things I think we need to talk about. Like, right. Yeah, because we'll, we'll I, I feel right now, and the ratings kind of show you, they're, dri- they're dropping, dropping, dropping. Not crazy big numbers, but they're, they're not consistent, and they're not consistently on the up and up, which they should be. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to go over that. I think that'd be an interesting cast. Yeah. All right. Well, that ends us off here, and we will talk to you guys later. TTYL.